Welcome to Under Review Deep Dive, an in-depth look at one of the four sports we usually cover. We'll take a look at top teams, the playoff picture, and the best players this season. I'm Micah, he's Sam, and this week, hockey is under review. And we're live. How you doing today? You know, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm glad to be back here and getting this done. Thanks. It's good fun. All right, so we're going to open today talking about the World Juniors. First, we're going to talk about the uh, the Men's World Juniors, and then we're going to talk about the Women's World Juniors, which is happening right now. So, I don't know about you, I got to watch, uh, honestly, not that much of the start of the Men's World Juniors, but I was watching all the knockout games. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see too much, but I definitely kept track of uh, how, we, how we were doing coming towards, like, the end, like, in the, the quarters, the semis and stuff like that. I mean, I saw all of what was going on with, with Bedard and uh, and his group stage performance, but uh, other than that, didn't take too much of a look there. Yeah. So, as a quick recap for the guys that were not watching, um, Canada lost to the Czech Republic in our opening game, and then we kind of went on a little bit of a revenge arc there for a little bit. Uh, blew out Austria, blew out Germany. Um, still came second in our group, which was too bad. Um, because it meant that we had to face the U.S. in our first game, but then we kind of blew out the U.S. too in the first knockout oh, game. That was a great game. I got, I got a. Catch that, that was one. a great game. That was a good game. Um, one of the things we could talk about from that game was perhaps a questionable uh, goaltender interference on what would have been the U.S.'s tying goal for the three-three. Ended up being three-two. It was taken away. Um, I don't remember which player it was, but picks up the puck in the crease and sort of spins the slot at home on a rebound. They call it goaltender interference because, at least in the NHL in the NHL's rules, it used to be that if you handled the puck in the crease, it was immediately not a goal. If you had a goal, anyone in the crease, no goal. It's considered goaltender interference. They changed that a while ago. Um, so that you could handle the puck in the crease so long as you're not making uh, like intentional contact with the goalkeeper. Right. If you're like shoved into the goalkeeper, uh, they'll still allow that. Right, right. It's not really your fault. Um, I have been told by various sources that that is a different, like that the old rule is applying in the World Juniors, but I haven't been able to confirm that. Like I've looked it, looked it up and, and I was not able to confirm that. Regardless, did you, did you see that? Did you see that? Yeah, no, I did, I did. Um, I remember that one being like fairly controversial. Obviously, being Canadian, hoping for the uh, the Canadian guys to get it done. I was looking for it to be an interference, but uh, that one was definitely close. And they had a they had a second goal drawn back, didn't they too? Yeah. So the first one, I I definitely, as a hockey fan, if if I was American, I would have lost my mind. I like. There's, there's a certain amount of gray area between what can be considered goaltender interference and what shouldn't be considered goaltender ir- interference, and that was much closer to not goaltender interference. I mean, he kind of grabs the puck, turns around, slots it home. His ass kind of makes contact with uh, with the goalkeeper, but I mean, you have to you have to try to play the puck there, right? Like he's just he's grabbing it, he's turning around. I don't really know what he could be doing different there. The second one very clearly goaltender for you i mean he trucks over over the goaltender um yeah and and great performance from the from the canadian goalie in that game too he, he saw yeah, more, I, than, more than 50 shots that game too and to what there's only two even you call it three on the uh, on the goalie interference call there in the first one but that's still over 50 shots that's a great save percentage yeah. for a guy in the juniors um seeing lots of shots against like a, another good american team and and then the Canadians didn't put up nearly as many shots, but uh, slotted back six or well, I guess five. Yeah, and I mean they kind of ran away with it after a little bit, which was which is interesting. I mean the U.S. are a great team, or we're a great team. They like I I honestly I was surprised that the Canadians were outshot there. I based on how they dominated Austria or uh, Austria and Germany, um, it it didn't seem like i don't know they're going into that game with a lot of confidence i'm surprised they didn't outshoot them but it was it was really nice to see a different kind of a win right it wasn't i mean they but they put six goals in but yeah on unlimited shooting um it was more i think a defensive performance than anything else and then a couple of guys that 
stepped up and and got it done. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, like I thought the Slovakia game was closer and maybe that's a mental thing. I mean, you're playing in Canada in oh, well, first of all, we can talk about how amazing the fans in Halifax and Moncton were. That's a, a last minute job. tournament taken away from Russia for, you know, some political reasons <clears throat> invading Ukraine. But uh like last minute fans were incredible, a huge turnout. Um but yeah, like home field advantage against a team like the States that we have that rivalry with, like that makes a big difference. And maybe that's why they just played a little bit harder. But I think Slovakia also played phenomenally. A bit unfortunate that they had to play Canada in the first round because I think they they could have gone to the finals. I honestly think that Slovak team could have beat the States. Yeah. Um, and then the final against the Czechs, uh, a team that we lost to at the beginning of the tournament, which is kind of demoralizing. What do you think that does to you mentally? Even if you like, you've gone all the way to the finals. Um, you dominated some games. Some games you you managed to push through, and now you have to play the only team that you lost to in this tournament. What did you think of that game? Yeah, I mean, coming off of that that first loss, obviously they were they were heated up. They wanted to get their revenge, and, and they certainly did against Germany and Austria. And they proved that. Uh, they belonged there, and they were one of the top teams at the World Junior Tournament. And I, they're they were expected to win coming in, and I'm sure that they showed how, uh, wh- why that was when they when they put on such performances against those two like lower class teams in the at the juniors there. But uh, yeah, I think you gain a lot of confidence making it through those playoff games, um, scraping by. Because they they didn't win the like the the score sheet might not show up, but they didn't win those games by big margins. When you look at them on the ice, and yep. then you're playing against the the checks there, and you go up two nothing, and you're thinking, all right, here we are. Um, this is who we should be. This is how the first game should have gone to. I think you're a little bit more motivated, you know, having played that team before. You've gotten to see what they're like, and I don't think that the uh, the check team was in the in the same like kind of realm of knowledge because they hadn't seen the Canadian team at at their full strength yet right at the beginning of the tournament. Yeah, I agree. And like I actually think I mean we talked briefly about the Slovakia game. Um similar thing. You go up you go up three one and then you just take your foot off the gas. You give up two goals. It's three three going into overtime and that overtime was tight. There was a couple of big saves from Milic and you get bailed out by the best young talent in the world right now, Connor Bedard with a phenomenal solo goal to win that game for you. And, you know, I think like Connor Bedard didn't have the best game in the final, but the other guys saw him, you know, do whatever it takes to win that game. And against Slovakia, similar thing happens in the Czech Republic game. You go up two nil by two goals. You give up two goals and you go to overtime. And this time Gunther says, all right, this is my time to shine. Also scores a phenomenal goal. The boys get it done. I mean, that's just like there is something to be said for that like winning men- mentality. Were Canada the better game in that or the better team in that game? I think so for large parts of it, but it might not matter in the end, right? Unless you have that winning mentality, which I think they they did have. And yeah, yeah, way to go, boys! Way to bring it no, home. They they did a great job. They had that uh, that home rank uh, advantage there. Um, you saw plenty of the players families out on the on the screen if you're watching the game just them them getting panned to um, by the camera guys and you knew how important that game was for those guys to win that uh to win the, to win the tournament there at home out in nova scotia and uh yeah they had they had a great game a very good team game Connor bedard had a great interview afterwards uh talking about being a team game and not about himself and i thought it was it was pure class from uh, from a young guy like himself who's who's going to be looking towards the league in the next couple of years here, right? Yeah, I mean, all credits to his parents, I to him too, but he's 17. That kind of composure, that kind of leadership and, and, and humility from a guy with that much talent is is really nice to see. Yeah, so um, why don't we, uh, talking about like him kind of getting up in towards the league here, why don't we, why don't we start talking about the NHL a little bit? And uh, Well, hold on, hold on. Mr. Samuel Drekich, we got to talk about our Women's World Juniors Oh, first. yeah, we do have the women's going on right now, too, don't we? Yes, sir. 
So, uh, we're not going to, I don't want to, you know, I don't feel the need to talk about, like, literally every team, because you know what, I'm not Czech and I'm not American, so let's talk about the Canadians. First game of the tournament on the 8th, which I believe was Monday? Sunday? Uh, the 8th was uh, Saturday? Was Sunday. Sunday. Um, against Finland. A little 8-0 win for the ladies. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Canadians are, they, they always have a great women's team, uh, whether you're talking juniors, whether you're talking the, the women's uh, national team, the, the Canadian women have been a dominant force in hockey for, for many years, right? Yeah, and interestingly, uh, some of the things that I was reading about this tournament were that the, the Swedes were actually the favorite to win this, All which right. I think is a little bit odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're very used to the Canadian-American dominance in all of hockey, men's, women's, Olympics, juniors, doesn't matter. Um, but second game of the tournament, Canadians go up against the Swedes four two victory. And that's the day after. So that's the Monday. That's the ninth. The day after we beat the Finns, a little four, two victory over the Swedes. Wow. I think one of those was an empty netter. So close game, but again, it's that desire to win. Uh, our next game was oh, against the U S let's go. That was yesterday. A three, one win there as well. The ladies are getting it done. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you want to see, like coming out playing, uh, beating up on not only like the big teams, like like the men's team did in their group stage, but also, you know, getting it done, having good performances against those better teams, sets you up in a good spot mentality wise going into the uh, the playoff knockout stages, and and it just shows the other teams that you're here to play and you're ready to to win this tournament just like the men's team did. Yeah, uh, Caitlin Kramer. Second highest scorer in the tournament. Uh, Hannah Clark with an absolutely phenomenal goaltending performance. 1.5 goals against average. Now, again, we did play Finland and absolutely blow them out with no goals. But against the U.S., only one goal. Against a very strong Sweden team, only two goals. So, yeah. Oh, that's... This is a... 0.946 0.946 save percentage. Wow, that's that's on par with what you're seeing from the top guys in the in the league right now too. Yeah, so very much putting up a performance here, uh, and I'm excited to see the ladies take home a gold. A little two for two this year. I'm hoping. Yeah, I mean it'd be great. I like hockey is the sport in Canada. We there's there's no debate in that. Everyone's if we're not if we're not winning hockey. What are we winning? Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. We can, we can, we can be good at other things, but we should at least be the best at hockey. All right, let's get into the NHL now. Yeah. So, uh, like, we're, we took we took a little look at the at the standings on uh, on Monday there, and uh, I know I wanted to you wanted to talk a little bit further into like Boston's miraculous performance this year, starting off fourteen and zero at home. Just yeah. way out and ahead of any other team out there. You want to? Why don't you talk a little bit about Boston? Yeah. So real quick, let's go over the standings here, um, and I'm just going to do the overall standings. I mean, we can you can infer from the rest, and we both have this pulled up. But uh, so the overall standings right now: Bruins in first, uh, Leafs second, Hurricanes, Stars, Golden Knights, Kings, Devils, Jets, Rangers, and Kraken rounding out top ten in the league. Uh. But, I mean, the important statistic from that is that Boston is on 32 wins, four losses, four overtime losses, which is six more wins than the second-place team in the Leafs. Uh, and the rest is, is pretty comparable. But uh, they've been playing unbelievably. I mean, first and foremost, Linus Allmark is having the season of his life. I mean, he has been playing unbelievable. 26 games, 22 wins. He only has one regulation loss. The other losses are one in OT and two in shootouts. That's wild. And that is unbelievable stuff from him. 1.87 goals against average, 0.938 save percentage. Is he undoubtedly at this point in the season your Vesna trophy winner? I mean, when you're when you're sitting at, at first in the league in wins, first in the league at goals against average, first in the league at save percentage... I think it's I think it's hard to compete with that. I I was doing some looking at uh, some other statistics for the Vesna and and some other 
contenders. You know, you got Sorokin over there on the Islanders. You got Hellebuyuk. You got Shesterkin. All just your your great goalkeepers. And I think the only thing that could potentially hold Allmark back, the very only thing, is that he's sitting at 19th in uh, in shots against, which is a total of 763 this season. And yep. that is up to 200 less than some of his competitors. So yep. you, you know that while he's got these great statistics, that a lot of them are coming on the back of having a fantastic defense in front of him. Seeing less shots is obviously going to have a uh, a lower goals against average. I mean, he's way yep. lower than other players, but uh, you know that all the shots that are coming at him, uh, they're not high danger chances. The defense is just getting it done in front of him, and he's having a remarkable season. At this point in the season, he does deserve to win, win the Vesna, in my opinion, but there is uh, there is definitely competition, if only because he has the guys in front of him to make him look the best. And I think that could get taken into consideration. Yeah, I agree. I think um, when I was taking a look at this, same thing, I was looking at, at the shots against. And, I mean, he's the only goaltender in the league with below uh, two goals against average. Again, highest save percentage, most wins. But, yeah, he hasn't just seen as many shots as some of these other goaltenders. I mean, I, I was looking at other possible Vesna winners, and again, I think if you called it right now at this point in the season, Allmark is a shoo-in. But I think there could be an argument made for Hellebuck, who is backstopping a very good Jets team, but not a particularly defensively strong Jets team. And he has seen the fourth most shots in the league, uh, but he's still posting um, tied for for the second most shutouts. The only goalkeeper that has four is Darcy Kemper, uh, and then there's a few goaltenders with three. Um, he's up there in save percentage and goals against not, you know, top, but he's top 10 in both, um, tied for third actually in save percentage. Uh, and then the only other one is, is, is Ottinger in my opinion, who has seen that many shots, uh, while still playing that well, again, Allmark seems to me like the no brainer choice for this. If, if we called it right now, but those guys could, if they, keep having the seasons that they're having and if Allmark has any kind of a normal regression uh there could be some more competition there yeah I mean we definitely definitely have Allmark definitely have Hellebuyuk uh Ottinger's up there um a couple other guys just being Sorokin Shosturkin Vasilevsky um yeah I think I I think that uh those six are definitely your biggest contenders but uh for, for me it's got to be either at this point in the season, it's got to be either Allmark or Hellebuyuk, and and only because Hellebuyuk's sitting there. He's at a point nine two four, uh, save percentage, which is point zero one four, uh, less than Allmark, but he's also taken two hundred and twenty three shots more over this season. Yeah. Um. So yeah. it's just the the amount of work that he's actually had to put in to stay at those same numbers that Allmark has is uh just way above what Allmark's had to do. And Allmark has the stats to show that he is the best goalkeeper in the league and who you want between your posts. But uh, Hellebuyuk's given him a hell of a run for his money here. I agree. And I think uh, if if Allmark does win, Hellebuyuk can rightly feel robbed a little bit for the seasons that, that he's having. Um, but let's keep talking about Boston for a little bit. Uh, part of their continued success is is Pasternak having another phenomenal season uh he had 41 goals last season he's on pace to absolutely blow that out 32 goals 26 assists right now for 58 points which ties him for fourth in the league uh just tied with Jason Robertson and only one behind Nikita Kucherov from the Lightning he has the second most goals in the league behind McDavid who is also the point leader um he had I mean he he's having the best season of his career but he has had some very solid seasons in recent years. Um, the only one that wasn't as good was the 2020-2021 uh, season, which he also was injured for lots of. He's having a phenomenal season. Yeah, I mean, Pasternak's sitting here. He's got a plus-minus of 20, which is unbelievable. He's averaging five shots on goal a game, and like you said, he's up there at second in goals four. He's really leading this offense. He's tied for fourth in points. He's making sure that uh, while they do have Allmark there in the back, that they are putting puck in net two on the front hand, and that's getting them lots of wins. 
Yeah, and then the depth in this Bruins team as well. Marshawn, Bergeron, Krejci, DeBrusque, Hall, and Coyle all have double digits goals and double digits assists. Um, some of those just barely, but if you're getting that many players scoring that many goals um, and, and that many assists while you're getting world-class goalkeeping, it's, it's hard to lose hockey games. It's hard to lose hockey games like that. Uh, let's talk about the Leafs next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the Leafs. They're sitting at second in the East right now. I mean, this has been the story for them for, for years. They've they've had great regular seasons. They got Austin Matthews. They got Mitch Marner. They got Willie Nylander. They got Tavares. And uh, you know what? Surprisingly enough, they've had some they've had some good goalkeeping this year. They're they're one yeah. of the lowest team or highest teams in the league for for goals against being that they have the lowest amount of goals against yep. per per game there. And I think it's it's showing a little bit of how far they've come this season in comparison to last season, where you knew that they. We're, we're definitely an offensive powerhouse, but could be getting scored on. And uh, I think that you could you could maybe finally hope for them to to make a little bit of a playoff push here just because you won't have to rely on them for, for rely on their offense to put four or five goals in the net to win games. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Murray and Samsonov have, have both been really solid. Um, I had this. The stats here, uh, and and also before I get into the stats, I mean bouncing back from a really questionable early uh, season where both of them were out for a bit of time, yeah. uh, and they were relying on their third stringer, uh, but they've both bounced back and and posted some really good numbers, being helped out by some really good defense by the Leafs, which is also surprising given how many injuries they've had on the blue line. Um, but yeah, Murray is posting two point four eight goals against and a. 0.919 save percentage and Samsonov is posting an even lower 2.29 goals against average and a slightly lower 0.916 save percentage um but I mean if you're getting both of your goaltenders who are you know we came into the season knowing that they were going to try to share some duties if you get both of those guys posted numbers like that then that's that's really good and I'm only hoping that they'll get better going into the playoffs uh, Murray has a ton of playoff experience Samsonov not so much but I don't think that they should look to try to uh, make one of those guys their permanent starter. I think you just share the duties. Uh, I think they have a lot of mutual respect there, and I think a little bit of healthy competition is is really good for them. Uh, and we also want to talk about the big four, the uh, Marners, Matthews, Tavares, Nylander. I, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think this is the best season that they have had as a group of four since they have been the big four with the Leafs. Yeah, well, I mean, the Marner just uh just didn't he just break the record? He just came in second in the record um for the Leafs for for first to 500 points in a in a certain amount of games. Um only behind yeah. Austin Matthews, and I think yeah. that that shows a lot to to his own talent, of course, but also just to how these guys are playing together and the fact that they are together is letting them letting them get those points. And I think that that record itself is showing that uh, they have been hot this season, especially after they had a bit of a shaky start to the season, but uh, especially as they grew into it and they've been scoring, they've been playing well and uh, they're staying good on the, uh, on the power play there too. Yeah. We have managed to stay away from injuries to any of them for a long period of time. Of course, Matthews missed last night's game with a uh, a minor upper body injury but apparently he was uh, participating in one of the optional skates so i think he, he will be back in not much time at all but yeah i mean 50 points from marner 47 from matthews 47 from nylander 42 from Tavares. that's just a lot of really really good production from the guys that you're paying the big, big bucks to produce lots of points for you uh, but also a lot of depth here on the leafs team yarn crock engval camp and santine all logging important yeah. minutes um and putting up good points. Bunting, of course, I almost went by him without mentioning him, but again, double digits, goals, and assists. Uh, he's been a really, really solid player. He's adapting to whatever Sheldon Keefe is, is putting him on, or whoever Sheldon Keefe is putting him on with. Yarncroc, I also want to shout out because he's been playing phenomenal. Um, nine goals from a guy I had never heard of before this season. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean this team. Um, this team looks good, and they. I mean they've they've been looking good for the past seasons, um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, 
as the playoff picture is looking right now, what do you think about their first round matchup? They uh, they're scheduled to line up against Tampa. Yeah, I mean, you never want to play Tampa. It's been the Leafs' curse to have to play either Boston or Tampa a lot in the postseason. Um, I do think if there's any year in in the past four or five years that Tampa look beatable, it's this year. Vasilevsky has not been his uh, Vesna candidate self this year. Um, they're sitting pretty far back of of second place of Toronto in uh, in the division. Tampa is, I think they have they're looking weaker. Um, people were saying that they looked weaker last year, and I think that was true. They still went to the final, so that's you know they they have that winning mentality in the playoffs, and the Leafs just need to figure it out. Um, I very much respect the decision not to try to switch up a lot of the roster for the Leafs and stick with it. I think that they have been kind of unlucky a couple of times um, not to make it past the post or the first round of the postseason. I think this is the year, but of course we say that every single year. So we'll see. Let's not, let's, uh, let's talk about the Canes next. Yeah. The Canes, you know, having a great season. Um, I think they were expected to have a great season and especially coming with uh, their rookie goaltender, right? Like, yeah, you would have thought that uh, that a rookie, especially in net, one of those positions where you kind of got to get used to the league, got to kind of grow into your role and and learn how the the job back there is is done at the pro level, wouldn't be able to come into his own. But uh, he's had a great season and he's helping them keep their their goals against average very far down in in the top of the list, yep. and uh, they're they're sitting here at third and and looking at. Washington coming into the postseason um, as of right now, but uh, I don't see them having any struggles with that. They they look great. They're they're scoring the puck, and they're definitely keeping their goals against way down. The only thing that worries about me uh, that worries me about the Canes, they've been sharing duties between uh, three of their goalkeepers who have all been playing solidly. Um, obviously, Kachetka has been playing the best. Um, what that looks like in the postseason worries me a little bit. I know I just said that the Leafs have been sharing duties, but that's two guys that are playing really well, both of them better than the first string goalkeeper for, for the Hurricanes. And I was looking at the goal differential, even just the goals scored, and honestly, the Canes are, like, they're winning a lot of close games. Like, I, I was honestly, I was looking at their stats, and I'm surprised that they're this high in the league. Um, they're tied for 19th in the league in goals four eighth in goals allowed which is not bad um their power play kind of sucks their shooting percentage kind of sucks so maybe that will balance out a little bit more pucks start going in the net um because they take lots of shots but yeah i mean i honestly i think if they have to if they want to get to the final which i think is the benchmark for them at this point they're gonna have to get past some really good teams like for the past the stars for one um and i actually i don't know i don't know that i see that happening you say the canes are gonna get past the stars i don't think well the stars are in the west so they won't have to oh yeah sorry but uh yeah they're gonna uh, have to okay, well get past to get the past like, potentially capitals. the leafs or boston or the capitals well the capitals first and then either the leafs or boston but yeah i don't i don't know i i i think that they're a good team but i think unless they start scoring more um and as good as their goalkeeping has been, if they don't have even better goal tending come the postseason, I don't see them going that far. That's my that's my hot take. No, today. I, I can I can definitely I can definitely agree with that. I mean, they've been good, they've been winning games, but uh, when you when you start to see this uh, top level competition that you do in the playoffs, and you start to shorten those lines, and everything gets a little bit more cutthroat, all these games matter a little bit more, then those close games that you've been winning all year um, start to turn into close losses, you know? And uh, yeah. especially like a nitty gritty team like Washington, who's having a good year. Ovechkin's having a great year. Um, Again. <laughs> he, his, his playoff experience could definitely cause a big problem for Carolina, who now has a, a rookie goaltender who's never been to the NHL playoffs before playing against one of the all-time yeah. greats and having to yeah. try and keep this game a low scoring game because in a high scoring game, they're not coming out on top. Yeah, no, I don't think so. 
They also just don't have, I think, that that superstar. That's like their their game breaker. They don't really have, and I think that might haunt them. I again, I don't think that a team is made by one good player, but I think you do need a guy who's just going to carry you over the line sometimes. A Connor Bedard, if you will. Yeah, and uh, to keep moving down the list here, away from the Canes. Yep. What about New Jersey this year? What about New Jersey? I mean, they have been having another great season. Well, I shouldn't say another great season. A great season. Uh, 26-12-3. I don't know. Tell me tell me more about the New Jersey. I haven't actually done that much research into them. I didn't get far that far down the Look, list. New Jersey's at, at the top of almost all the all the stats. Um, they're led by a great offensive player being Jack Hughes. Um, he's sitting there as possibly one of the, I, I would, I know there's no, there's no award for this, but in, in the NBA, they got the most improved player. Um, he had a great season last year and he's really coming into his own this year. Um, he led them to behind from behind from a, from a three nil, uh, deficit against the, the Rangers, a uh, nice little New York, New Jersey matchup there, uh, last weekend. And He's been taking so many shots. He just keeps putting puck on net. He's allowing their offense to stay mobile, stay active, and be fast up the up the uh, up the ice there. And uh, they've had great goaltending as well. They're not letting pucks in net. Their defense has been great, and you can count on them to to get the job done against lots of teams. And they're sitting there at fourth, looking at the the Rangers coming into the postseason, who they just beat in overtime, I believe, and. I know that uh, the Rangers definitely would have liked to take them. They had a little bit of slow start to their season, but uh, New Jersey is is really hot and has been hot since the beginning of the season. Had one of the best Novembers of all time, um, almost having an undefeated November, and I think you could look for that to to translate well into the playoffs where you need to see some consistency. Yeah, I agree, and I think they're going to keep moving up the standings, so that playoff picture might change. Yeah, and uh, New Jersey's been been phenomenal here. I would think that the only the only issue I would worry about for them coming into the postseason is they're sitting at a twenty percent power play percentage, and uh, especially when those games get tight and everyone's risking it all to to get those wins at the end of the day, you need to be putting the puck in the net when you're up a man. Yeah, uh, those are really 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 important minutes in the postseason. People take penalties. Those are the moments that you win games. If you're not capitalizing on it, then you're not going to get very far. Yeah, going going further down the table, uh, you got the Rangers there in fifth. You got uh, Tampa in uh, seven. Sorry, Washington in sixth, Tampa in seventh, and Pittsburgh in eighth. The uh, one more team that I do want to talk about from the East here is uh, is Buffalo over in tenth. And uh, the reason why I want to talk about them is they're sitting at first in goals for. They're sitting at a goals average per game of four. That is a wild yeah. offense, and yet somehow they are not getting it done to to come out on top of these games. I think, I mean, second best power play in the league as well. Um, their shooting percentage is really high, and whenever a team has a lot of, or uh, like pretty average shots on goal, but a lot of goals, it kind of says to me that that's going to balance itself out a little bit. That's going to drop a little bit. Um, and I mean, defense defensively, they are, they are just, I, I won't say horrendous, but definitely not doing anybody any favors. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see them making the postseason. Yeah, that's their underlying numbers aren't, aren't good enough. They're scoring lots of goals, and that's great, but they're not taking enough shots to be scoring that many goals, and I think that'll balance out, and, and you're not going to get anywhere with, with mediocre goaltending and, and really bad defending. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Why don't we uh, why don't we move on over to the West here? Yes, The sir. West has been super competitive this year. I know in the East we got Boston way out in front, but the, yeah. the West has been a, a great conference to look at uh, all year. Lots yeah. of competitive, close games. And and lots of close teams up at the top of the standings. At, in first, we got uh, we got Dallas there. Obviously, they got Ottinger and Nett, who's having a phenomenal season. But they're yeah. they're also backed by some great guys out on the ice, putting the puck in net, which is something that they did struggle with last postseason, but have seemed to turn around yeah. this year. 
yeah, Jason Robertson having a an incredible season. Um, had a good season last year, better season this year. I think they are taking more shots, they're scoring more goals, um, and that should really help them. I, I really like them, um, personally, to go to the finals. I think Ottinger's phenomenal. Um, they're competing uh, in the West with, you know, maybe uh, the Golden Knights, Kings, Jets, Kraken, whatever. I don't think any of those teams have the depth that Dallas do. I don't think that any of those teams, barring perhaps the Jets with, with Hellebuck, have as good goaltending. Um, I mean, Logan Thompson from Vegas has been really good, but again, a rookie, um, doesn't have the experience. Ottinger has the experience. He was a brick wall against Calgary last year. Unbelievable. Um, and, and honestly, like, I mean, Ottinger's playing really well, uh, 2.29 goals against 0.923 save percentage, but they're getting a lot of really valuable games from Wedgwood as well. Who's putting up 2.96 goals against average and a nine or a 0.911 save percentage uh, on, I think, 12 games played. That's an important piece to have because you do not want Ottinger worn out for the postseason. You want him to be pretty fresh. And if you can rely on your um, backup goaltender to put those important games away, then that's going to be really important for them. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely super important to have someone uh, as a, as a, as a, like a solid backup who is, who is a designated backup too. It's not like Toronto where they got their two alternating yeah, where they're sharing but uh, a solid designated backup for someone like Ottinger so he knows his place um can get the job done when he's put out there uh the only thing I worry about when you're saying Dallas gonna make a big run is uh you never know with Edmonton they're sitting at the eight seed they're looking Dallas down in the first round of the playoffs here and you know any given night Edmonton can can put on a show and put up five or six goals on it it doesn't matter who yeah, and that matchup in particular makes me nervous for Dallas, I will say, um, if only because Edmonton is is only good offensively. They suck defensively. Their goaltending sucks. But if you're going to beat the Dallas Stars, the way to do it is to put the puck in the net and then just do that again and again and again as Dallas keeps coming back and you're just hoping for a little, like, 6-5 or, like, you know, 5-4 type win, um, potentially, you know, in overtime or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Stars, they have definitely the offensive firepower to keep up with Edmonton now I think um, especially with how leaky Edmonton are um, it's not just Jason Robertson uh, you got Hints, Pavelski Jamie Benn as well having good seasons um, so you have some depth you have a lot of uh, punishment capability and I mean the name of the game is contain McDavid and Dreisaitl and I think they can do it I think they could hold on I it, it might be close and I might eat my words and I think that's like an interesting matchup, despite Edmonton not being that good. So we'll see. Yeah, and uh, just to to further uh, touch on ton- the uh, Dallas there being a possible championship contender, and and like we said with uh, New Jersey not having that great power play, Dallas is sitting at fifth on the power play at twenty seven point three percent. So they're getting the job done when they need yep. to. But not only that, and a spe- oh, a big thing that they'll uh, benefit from if they do end up playing Edmonton to come the postseason because they're sitting at low penalty minutes or <laughs> in penalty kill which is at 82.9 oh, yeah. percent Edmonton's got that great power play they're sitting at first it's what 34 percent something ridiculous but you need to have one of the best penalty kills if not you're going to get scored on once or twice a game just by the penalty the power play and you don't want to be giving up those those extra goals on on something silly yeah, and I agree. And I'll actually, I'll eat my words there. They are 20th for penalty minutes. So if they are uh, going to beat Edmonton, I think that's another important area that they're going to have to clean up a little bit, take less penalties. Your penalty kill might be good, but you don't want to wipe those guys out by putting up 9.6 penalty minutes a game. Uh, all right, let's talk about Vegas. Um, all right, we mentioned Logan Thomas, or uh, Thompson, sorry, having a fantastic season, rookie season, 2.66 goals against. 0.914 goals against average it's not you know the best goaltending in the league um but he's playing a really really important role for them yeah i mean i would even say that uh while it well, definitely not a serious contender he's definitely in uh a, a contender for the vesna which is which is uh a little bit out of his uh his pay grade there being being a rookie being on on what stats he has um, in comparison to some of those other guys, 
but he's in that conversation, and I think that's unbelievable for a rookie, for the Knights, um, who have had a good offense and just needed to find someone to, to keep that puck out of the net, and he has done that for them. He's gotten 28 starts this year, which is great for a guy who's looking to get experience. Uh, he's got 18 wins on those 28 games. And uh, not only could he be looking at the Vesna, but he could also be looking at the Calder. He could be looking at Rookie of the Year here. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't necessarily... I mean, I, I, I think I, I could have him in the conversation for the Vesna. I think he's... Yeah, it, it's a bit out of his, his reach, right. I think. I think even to be mentioned as, as a candidate is a phenomenal achievement for uh, a rookie goaltender. For sure. Um, in the Calder race, I actually, I like him the most, I think. Um, not only uh, is he is he doing some phenomenal goaltending for Vegas, but they also are not, I mean, similar to the Carolina situation, they only have a plus 20 goal differential. They're winning some really tight games. And in those tight games where one goal, you know, could be the difference, making those saves is is the most important thing for Vegas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we got lots of great rookie goalkeepers this year, um, with him being one of them. And uh it's allowed Vegas to to have a great, I guess, first half of the season here. And they've proved that by putting the puck in net as well. They got uh, 140 goals in the season, which is one of the top teams in the West there. Yeah. And sitting at that plus 20 goal differential, being second in the West, only just uh, behind the Kraken. Um, sorry, in uh, in the Pacific, only just behind the Kraken. Uh, you got to like how that team looks coming into the playoffs. And you also got to like how their, their matchup is with a very poor Calgary team this season. Um, obviously, I don't like to say that. I'm a big Calgary fan myself, but yeah. uh, they have not begun the job done per- offensively. Uh, it's very very inconsistent. You see them come out here and put up four or five goals in a game. You know you have Toffoli. You know you have Kadri, but Huberto hasn't been clicking for that Calgary team. Their goalkeeping hasn't been clicking for that Calgary team, and Vegas could really look to knock them out in that first round, and I think it's one of the better matchups you could have on this uh, yeah. on this Western side. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Calgary takes lots of shots on goal, but a lot of them are pretty low, dan- low danger chances. Um, I do think that's a, so similar to the, uh, I think it was Buffalo that we were just talking about that was taking not that many shots, but scoring lots of goals. I think it'll balance out a little bit. I think Calgary is going to start clicking a little bit more, uh, but that is not necessarily true for the goaltending situation for the defense. And yeah, I think Vegas can take advantage of that um, if things don't, balance out for Calgary if they keep having the season that they're having I think Vegas is gonna be pretty happy with that matchup yeah and I mean I think we could easily see them look to uh to come back into to first in the west um they're currently tied with the, with Dallas in in points right now and both on the same number of games played so yep it's gonna be a close race with the both of those teams there um coming into the end of the season with another 40 games to go here so we still got plenty of time but it's going to be a close race for for both of those teams to who's going to finish in the first seed um you also have the kings there at third uh, in the west sitting at 56 points as well so they're all three tied but uh, the kings have played three more games and yep. honestly i just i really don't like this kings team you know they're sitting at that that zero goal differential and i don't see how you have 25 wins 14 losses and only six OT losses um, and are sitting at zero goal differential. That means you're, you're giving up a ton of goals and you're not winning by a lot. And we know that when it comes down to the postseason, you gotta be able to keep those, those goal margins uh, a little bit tighter. And if you don't, then you're not going to win games because you can't count on your goal scoring every night. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're really mid in pretty much every category. They're allowing more goals per game than they're scoring um, over the season, which is not a recipe for winning games. Um, I think that they have some star talent, but I don't think that they have it this season. I, I, I'm surprised that they are where they are, and you know, all respect to them for being there and for winning tight games and you know, managing to eke out these victories, but that doesn't really cut it for the postseason. I mean, maybe it will, maybe, but... I, I don't see them as as a third place in the West kind of team, despite that being where they are. 
yeah, I think that uh, we could definitely see uh, Winnipeg in fourth right now, or Seattle, who's in fifth, um, overtake the the uh, the Kings there. Even in the next couple of weeks yeah. here, you know, you have you have Winnipeg, who's a great team. We've talked a fair bit about Hellebuyck. They've been getting the job done uh, offensively. They're one of the lower scoring teams up there in the top of the bracket, but they're still getting the job done. They're sitting at plus twenty eight goal differential, which is second in the West. Um, but even more than than Winnipeg, I think we could see Seattle start to make a push there for that third seed. They're on a six game win streak. We talked about them on uh, on Monday, uh, being on their four game yep. win streak, and then they came out and they uh, dummied the the Canadians there, and then they yep. they played the other night as well. I can't remember who they played. Um, they played Buffalo, and they got that the job done there, four three. You know, yep. keeping keeping a high scoring team down a little bit lower. Um, but either of those teams have been great and performing well, especially as of recently. Um, and I think that will push them to, uh, get up past the Kings, knocking the Kings down to a fifth spot or potentially even a sixth spot down there below Minnesota, who hasn't been great, but, uh, I do think is a better team. than the Kings. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see how the Kraken perform against the Bruins tonight my money would be on the Bruins just based on how good they are. Um, and, and it is true that the Seattle has played some, some mind you weaker teams in that six game win streak. Um, the senators, the Canadians, both not very good. Um, but they also played the Oilers, the Leafs, uh, Buffalo is a good team. The Islanders are a good team. Uh, and they've gotten the job done in pretty convincing fashion in, in most of those games. Uh, but this will be a real test, especially at this point in the season with how well they're playing against the best team in the league. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, and I mean, they haven't seen Boston yet this year. So these teams haven't played yeah. each other. We're at the half point in the season. And uh, it's good to note, I mean, Boston's been great at home, but Seattle has been better on the road than they have at home too. So it's a battle of, of teams who one likes to play at home, one likes to play at the ro- on the road, and they're two of the top teams in the league here. I think we're going to have a great matchup. And I think... It could be a little uh, preview potentially of uh, of a final game that we could have if Seattle can can stay hot. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's let's wrap it up here by talking about the last thing that we were get, that we were looking at talking about, which was our regular season awards and some of our predictions for that, starting with the Hart Trophy, the MVP. Yeah. Well, uh, the problem is is that. Uh, this isn't this isn't close. This this is no, not this close. This is not an argument. Um, there's no uh, there's there's no argument here. I think we both know, and we're gonna say it at the same time on three. Ready? One, two, three. Connor, Connor McJesus. Oh, all right. I mean, McDavid's sitting at seventy nine points on the year. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. He's played in like I think it's forty two games. Um, he's first in points for by sixteen points. Um, yeah. and that's only to his teammate, Drysaddle. Right. So, yeah. And we're talking about most valuable player. And this is the player that makes the most impact on their team. We have a lot of other great players. They are all playing on good teams. I don't think Edmonton is good. And McDavid and Dreisaitl, but mostly McDavid, are pulling this team, kicking and screaming to the playoffs. So and yeah, in my mind, it's it's not an argument, and I think we're in agreement. Yeah, on. I mean, you're first in you're first in goals, you're first in assists, you're first in points by by a ton, and I don't think anyone can can argue that. I would say that the the only the very only just like we had Allmark with his uh, his one discrepancy there, and to to make it a conversation, yeah. the only thing that could make this a conversation is the fact that his plus minus is two. Um, and that's just yeah. to that's just to prove how bad Edmonton has been this season, um, being being an eighth seed there. Um, but McDavid has been playing unbelievably. He is the best player in the league. Um, and in reality, this this is this is not a close conversation. There's been some great other players. You got Tage Thompson, Kucherov. You got Pasternak. You got Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson. You got Jack yeah. Hughes, Rantanen. You got all these guys who are having phenomenal seasons, putting up 50, 60 points, um, and it just, it doesn't compare to uh, to no. the guy, him, McDavid. All right, let's move on to the Vesna then. Um, we kind of already talked about it, so it'll be brief, but we'll reiterate. 
Linus Allmark, um, with perhaps Hellebuck, um, and and perhaps Ottinger. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're both in agreement that it's that it's looking like it's going to be Linus Allmark. That's 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 where I'm at too. I mean, he's the favorite on on the sports books, the highest in the odds. Uh, same thing with McDavid. They're both way out and ahead on the who's making the odds for who's winning these trophies this year, and I think it's for good reason. All right, how about the Norris Trophy? Best D-man. Yeah, uh, this one's this one's a much closer race. I mean, the oddsmakers have set still in the league. You got the reigning champion. You got Caleb McCarr. Um, yeah. And he's sitting at 38 points on the season this year, which is great, especially considering that the Avs aren't even in a playoff spot right now. No, they're playing really poorly. Um, and they had McKinnon out for a little bit, but they could come to start to see a little bit more of a push here, uh, put them back into a playoff spot, which I, I think most people would like to see them in i think they're one of the better teams um in the west and i think they would make that first round second round matchups um a little bit more competitive if they did get through the first there but uh kale yeah. had a great season he's had 53 hits and blocks and i think the most impressive stat here is he's averaging 27 and a half minutes on the ice per night which is yeah. the highest of anybody else that uh we can talk about here so he's just having such a contribution to this team um, and it's really not their goals against that's been, been hurting them, but really their goals for. So he's having a great contribution defensively. He's putting the puck, um, in spots where they can get goals. He's not the best, uh, point scorer on this, on this best D man list, but, uh, yeah. he just has such a big contribution to this Avs team that he is the favorite to, to be taken home. So, yeah, I mean, the 27 minutes speaks for itself and yeah, I agree. I mean, they've been plagued by so many injuries at the avalanche and they are struggling to score goals but i think you're you're right on that it's the problem is not the goals against it's it's the goals for um and i think i would still have him out in front uh, as the reigning winner of that to to win it again um i think there could be an argument I, we can go down the the points list of d-man which is carlson morrissey darlene fox and then Macar. um i carlson and morrissey are up on that I don't think that they have had as much defensive impact. Um, I think Darlene and Fox have been the better two. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what that looks like. Yeah, I I I struggle to to even consider. I know Carlson's had a had a great season. He's got fifty six points, which is ridiculous yeah. just coming from a D man. But like, if we're gonna be real, he's sitting at a plus minus a minus three. I know he's playing. He's playing on San Jose, and they are just a terrible team. Um, yeah. He only has 41 blocks on the season, which is a high number, but for a D man and for the other guys on this list, uh, is is nowhere near. And I think this is a best D man list. He's getting the job done offensively. He's trying to put this San Jose team on his back um, as much as he can. But uh, you just can't be giving out awards to to guys who are on these teams that are that are that poor. And that's that's really the only thing I have to say about Carlson. Darlene's been great. Buffalo, he's been scoring a lot on Buffalo. He's got 46 points, his plus minus is 17. And uh, he's sitting there at the, the second most time on ice as well at uh, 26 minutes and 21 seconds average with, uh, with 58 hits and 67 blocks. So he's not just doing it offensively, but also doing it defensively. And yep. I know that Buffalo isn't uh, a great defensive team, but he's certainly doing his best while he's out there yeah i think uh i think he, he he would be a good other bet um just with the slightly more points than my car but still uh putting in the work defensively um i mean we could talk about some of these other ones we could talk about the the calder or the selkie i mean the rocket richard is we don't really have to talk about it it's just stat based uh but i'll leave it up to you we're gonna do one more and then we'll Shut down for the night. Yeah, I mean, I really want to talk about this Calder. Uh, we've had, uh, especially with uh, the three great goaltending rookies that we have this season with Kachikov, uh, Logan Thompson, and even Stuart Skinner um, over there on the Oilers. He, uh, The Oilers obviously struggling to keep the puck out of the net. But you know what? He's had an all right season. Um, he's sitting at a 2.96 goals against average. Which, which is pretty poor when you're looking at, like, when we've been talking about the guys who are in the Vesna and a couple of those guys on this list being Kachikov and Logan Thompson. But uh, that's with much worse defenses. Um, Edmonton's got a very terrible defense. And 
For that reason, Stuart Skinner's sitting actually at an equal save percentage to both of those other guys. Um, with such a much with much lower goals against average. So you know he's just taken so many more shots um, that his save percentage is just as high as these guys, and I think he deserves to be in this conversation, if not for the Calder, but at least for like a rookie goaltender of the year. Which... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the Oilers were really, really hoping for some help from Jack Campbell coming oh. from the Leafs. Played better on the Leafs, and I actually think that they they might have been misguided there. Uh, that the Leafs have been playing really well defensively this year. They might have been playing some pretty good defense last year too, and helping a, a, a mediocre goalkeeper look better than he was. Um, I mean, there weren't that many options either for Edmonton to sign, but I think that Skinner deserves all the minutes that he's getting, if not more. Um, and he's been really solid. I I don't think I have him that high up on my Calder rankings here. Um, if we're going to talk about a rookie goaltender, I think it's got to be uh, Kachetkov. If we're talking about rookie goaltender, I mean him and, and him and Logan Thompson. Yeah, definitely. And then and then looking a little bit away from the goaltenders just for a second of the other guys who are in kind of the running for this uh, this Calder award. We got uh, yeah. we got McTavish, you know, Canadian guy who had a great World Juniors performance last uh, over the summer, I believe, right? And yep. uh, it's really unfortunate that he's gotten put over to uh, the team that he's on because they are just terrible. I mean, he's got 26 points on the season. He's really trying his hardest. Uh, yeah. And the Ducks just just are are awful. Um, you can't expect them to win games and. Uh, as a result, I think he hasn't been able to prove himself uh, as much as he could had he been on a different team, um, and that puts him as like the second skater out there, um, only behind Matty Bunier, uh over on the Kraken. He has had a, yeah. a great rookie season. He's one of their top players. He's got 34 points, um, and he also has 54 hits. I love to see a young guy, you know, get aggressive. Being physical, um, yeah. and actually, he has one of the highest time on ice is for rookies. But uh, a crazy stat that I looked at for him is uh, he's sitting here at at two shots on goal per game, which is all right. It's a little bit lower than McTavish, and it's a little bit lower or a little bit higher than Cole Perfetti, who's also one of our contenders here. But his yep. shot percentage is at nineteen point eight percent. Wow, that is unbelievable. High danger chances, yeah. He's putting bucks in the net. I think uh I think for me just looking at the the guys who we have out there it's got to be between Beignet, uh Kraken are playing great and he's definitely getting lots of opportunities to show himself off and and Kachetkov uh Logan Thompson with a little a little third runner up there but uh just yeah. with the fact that uh Kachetkov has been been put into this role um at uh in in Carolina and He's he's been playing lots of games. He's been seeing lots of shots. Um, I think I gotta give it to Kachetkov at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree. I think it will come down to the rest of the season. I think I think this race is really really close, and I think it'll come down to how the rest of the season plays out. Um, specifically how well these teams play, because I mean, especially for the goaltenders. Um. You know, a lot of that relies on how well your team is playing in front of you, how many shots you're facing. Um, I, yeah, I, I think McTavish would be a hard sell for me just because Anaheim is, is so bad. I mean, 26 points on that bad a team for a rookie is phenomenal. Um, but it's it's it, I think it's hard to convince people to vote for you for this kind of thing when they're watching you play for such a bad yeah, team. It's the same you know, argument as Eric Carlson there on San Jose. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think Beignet definitely has a shot, but I think, I don't know, I think it would be nice to see some rookie goaltenders winning the Calder. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been a little while, and honestly, the goaltending in this league has been a little sparse for a while. <laughs> I think this season's been yeah. better, um, but we had a couple of seasons there with, you know, two, maybe three really good goalkeepers, and then some very mid-goalkeepers bringing up, you know, the rest of the league. So I'm excited to see these guys get better, and uh, I'm hoping one of them, Gets a little silverware for the trouble. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, like you said, I think that was going to be the last one we're going to cover, and I think that uh, yeah. that will end off our, our day here today, but it was nice to, to get in, talk a little bit about the uh, the chow there. Um, 
looking forward just coming come past the half point of the season and i think we've got a great rest of the season ahead of us under review is recorded and edited by micah yonker and sam dreckage thanks for listening